I am not even remotely close to emotionally over it. All right, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still skipping work and eating bonbons and watching Oxygen. Basically, a jealousy on Bruce Allen's part that McLuhan was getting a lot of love from the players and and you know even more so from the fans as as the guy who was you know turning things around. Look, we're winning games. Um, we're we're a legitimate non-joke clown circus car of a franchise now. I think that this episode was an example of the fact that as long as Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen are alive and in charge and in cahoots, it's going to be extremely hard. I mean, it already was, but it is now nigh impossible for me to really trust the direction of the franchise. Welcome in to Burgundy Blogcast, the official podcast of Burgundy Blog with the man Brent and me, Hayes, from Sports Channel 8. Brent, how are you doing? I'm so good, Hayes, and I have just missed you incredibly. I've missed you too, buddy, um, but I have stayed busy, i got to admit. I've been on the road, and as people might or might not know from the background of this podcast, I am based in North Carolina. Sports Channel 8 covers North Carolina sports. We do this podcast because you and I are boys, and because before they had an NFL team, North Carolina was basically a Redskins state, and there still are a lot of Redskins fans, and we do a kick-ass podcast together, so it makes sense. However, it does not make sense in March when I am following the North Carolina Tar Heels to a national championship, and every day I'm still getting, you know, all of my text notifications from ESPN headlines have to do with college basketball, except for the Washington Redskins, which managed to have uh, a, a very eventful <laughs> offseason, aside from the usual stuff that you want to be eventful with in the offseason, with like good signings and free agent signings. So we're going to play the usual role of you being really deep in the weeds, in the facts, knowing stuff, and me knowing almost nothing, and play, have some fun with the podcast and talk over what has happened. And let's start there. And I'll tell you if you're getting too dense. Pretend I know nothing because I basically do. What the <laughs> hell happened with the Redskins in the past month? It's been a little bit messy. Um, well, let's see. What has I'm happened? Leaving, I'm leaving it wide open to you. But I, I know things like uh, free, a, uh, free agents have been signed. Let's talk about that later. Yep. The GM was fired. And here's, here, I'll give you seriously my understanding of it from like airport headlines and randomly catching things and skimming articles. The GM got fired, and they may have tried to frame him as being an alcoholic on the way out the door. Is that true? That's pretty much yes, right. No. Yeah, I can right, elaborate right. a little, but you're close. Yeah. Uh, please, please go on. Yeah. So, I mean, I, gosh, so 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 much. I mean, it's been so sloppy that uh, the timeline, just off the top, is is a little hard for me to um, nail down, and and so I might I might miss one or two. But uh, you, you don't have to necessarily do it chronologically. You can yeah, do it. So you know. Okay, basically, with the with the now former, most recent GM of the Redskins, Scott McLuhan. I mean, Hayes, this 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 is this is such a big thing. I mean, we we can't even tonight. We're gonna do our best on this, but like the, the fallout, <laughs> the fallout from the end of the Scott McLuhan era. I mean, it, it will it will be near permanent. I mean, like I, I'm I'm not even. It, this happened. You know, he got fired over a month ago. I think. Right, right, right. No, we're right I, I am, I'm not even close. Apologize. I am not even remotely close to emotionally over it. All right, I'm I'm Emotional. still I'm Emotional. still I'm still skipping work and eating bonbons and watching Oxygen. <laughs> so there's going to be a lot more on this to come. But uh, you know, basically, to, towards the end of last season. Things were going fairly well. You know, we had a bunch of good pods because the Redskins were in the thick of the playoff chase. And then, of course, yep. they had that spectacular failure on the on the final offensive play of the last regular season game and missed the playoffs. But there was still a lot of good vibes. You know, the team had back-to-back winning seasons, technically at least, for the first time in a long time. And there there was still a you know, pretty decent amount of, of fan confidence and enthusiasm going into the next few years, which were destined to be the, you know, the, the blossoming, fruitful years of the Scott McLuhan experience. But even at that time, I guess more in retrospect, I recall that there were some sort of whispers that it was very odd that McLuhan was sort of a lot less present, a lot less visible with the team as it got into the second half of the year than he had been over the first season and a half of his tenure. Um, that We had not heard from him publicly in, you know, at that point, 
six or seven months. Um, and so he was he was starting to become a kind of a mysterious figure. Uh, I, I think uh, things. Now, it, am I wrong? But when uh, when McLuhan uh, when when uh, Kirk Cousins did the How Do You Like Me Now? Yeah. this year that was in McLuhan's ear, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That was him. Was that that was him rubbing McLuhan's he head had yep. during, during the late part of the season. Right on. Yeah, that was him. Yeah. All right, keep going. Sorry. And and by, that, that's a that is a whole separate episode or perhaps <laughs> season of a podcast in and of itself, breaking down the the How Do You Like Me Now event. I mean, with what we knew then and what we know now, I mean, just just an incredibly fascinating encounter. But um. You know, so so things started to come to a head, uh, or or, the, or there was a, a more light shed on the on the um, brewing situation when uh, Scott McLuhan attended the Senior Bowl in Mobile, but did not make any did not give interviews or make any public remarks. That was unusual. That was unexpected. He had spoken there the previous year, and that was sort of a habit. And he had, okay. in fact, told some several individuals in the media that that he expected to talk to them. And then he just didn't, and and no really clear explanation was given for why he was not made available. Um, Then, when things really went off the rails was when the Combine started on the first day, and he just was not there. So it became like a national headline. Scott McLuhan is not at the Combine. We don't really know why. Um, And then uh, he, he never did show up there, and Bruce Allen, the president of the Redskins, and now, I guess interim again acting or acting GM. acting gm yeah he he made up some absolute garbage about how scott was still with the team everything was all good don't worry your pretty little heads he's just tending to some family business um out of town uh because he had a death in the family well the death in the family was his 172 year old grandmother who had actually died six weeks pre- previously or something That's like old. that That's um and and you know it, it made no sense for for an NFL GM to uh, to miss basically the most important part of the of the of the annual scouting calendar um, for you know for something like that. Uh, Bruce Allen at that time reassured us that he would be back in his office and ready to go you know shortly. That of course never happened. He never rejoined the team after that. And then there was an avalanche for the next several weeks of uh reciprocal mudslinging and and trying to explain away what had happened but there the, the relationship between Scott McLuhan and the Redskins uh Reed Bruce Allen uh, had deteriorated and he was fired um and so it, it happened kind of you know from my standpoint you know over a very short period but in in some ways like in slow motion because this is just uh, I mean, I can't, I can't even, it's difficult for me to articulate how significant an event this was. This, this guy, you know, he was hailed as a savior when he arrived. And, you know, I think for pretty good reason, um, you know, his, his resume, um, although he had a known history of, um, alcohol use and, and potentially abuse thought to have contributed to his departure from a couple previous jobs, you know, his, his resume in terms of, uh, personnel evaluation talent evaluation and and team building was impeccable and he was the guy that was supposed to come and finally be a football mind and um and 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 fix this team figure out how to finally accumulate um the right mix of players to you know go deep in the playoffs uh and and we just you know it was hashtag in scott we trust for two years around here it was everything he was he became the key figure and for him over the course of just a couple weeks to go from as far as we knew still basically the top dog to gone i mean it's stunning it's still stunning it's it's uh it's weird because fans like there was so much in that short period written about it and i mean it's, it's still happening but um they i think a lot of fans very quickly reached a fatigue and started to to sort of think well like I don't really know what happened here, but I'm kind of over it. Let's move on. Let's just, you know, let's 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 go do 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 this with the guys that are still here. But um, this thing deserves to continue to be broken down until we know the truth. And I think more will come out over the next couple of years. Um, he's gone. Uh, it's it's crazy, but he's gone. So Bruce Allen, you know, I guess in, is is back in charge of um, picking which players we're going to sign and which players we're going to draft. And it's pretty devastating. It's devastating whether it was, I think there was probably fault on both sides. Um, after having read as much as I possibly could, um, and spoken to some people a little bit close to the situation, I think that the, the blame here lies, (laughs) I think the blame here lies far more with the Redskins than, than it does with Scott McLuhan. Um, and it's, it's, it was a, a depressing time and it still is for, you know, to see the team, 
have alienated and ostracized and then and then just you know basically slandered on his way out the door the guy that we all thought was going to fix things um it, it was really hard it sucked sucked it still sucks um you know and, and we'll right. see we'll see what happens but uh, that was that was a big deal and bad thing all right let me ask some questions one there was was or was there not a picture of McLuhan in an airport where some random witness was claiming that he was hammered? Yeah, that was that that was uh, that exists, and that happened uh, around the time. Not a, it, was, it was a little before the Senior Bowl. Actually, it was the East West Shrine Game. A follower of mine on Twitter sent me this picture saying, "Hey, my I think it was my brother in law uh, is at an airport in Tampa, and McLuhan is there. This is a picture of him a few feet away, and it was definitely Scott McLuhan, and then everything added up." Uh, and it was a picture of him looking pretty rough, right. and it, it made sense in terms of timing because he would have been leaving the Shrine game. Um, and and the you know the guy said that my Brolo says that he's arguing with his wife over whether the Redskins should draft a quarterback in the first round. <laughs> and Which, and then, you know I kind of buried the lead there, but um, again unverified, unverified, not not particularly well sourced, but supposedly he was looking and acting pretty well drunk at that time and so i didn't really make too much of it at the time because i just i didn't know how to you know really prove it um you know unfortunately uh, with with things that came out after that it it starts to kind of look pretty darn feasible Um, but there was there was that yes well so okay so how much when you talk about blame or whatever how how much is your understanding from all the reading you're doing that, that there was a personality slash whatever, not getting along work situation, and then they blamed it on his alcoholism going out or that possibly his alcoholism did get in there or alcoholism aside that alcohol got in the way of him doing his duties. And that's one of the reasons why they fired him. My interpretation, which certainly could and, and uh, almost certainly is flawed to whatever degree is that both of those are the case, but but more more prominently the former. Uh, I think that Scott McLuhan never professed, even before he started and as he was starting the job, to have completely quit alcohol. Right. In fact, he was very open about the fact that he was continuing to drink, you know, with within reason. Uh, I think probably, you know, it, it's it's reasonable to. Uh, conclude from everything that's been said and reported that there were times maybe that he was, uh, you know, doing his job essentially. Although, again, as a little bit of a tangent, the line between football activities and social activities, as I understand it, within the Redskins as an institution is somewhat blurry. I think that among a lot of those guys in the front office, um, you know, booze and football, it, it tends to mix. So that was part, probably a recipe for disaster anyway. But I think yeah. I, I suspect there were times where he, you know, had consumed more than probably was ideal or appropriate um, in, in, you know, professional setting. But, um, you know, trying to sort of put together all the all the different reports and sides, my feeling is that this, that, that this eventually resulted in divorce much more because of what what turned into an extreme personality conflict between Bruce Allen and Scott McLuhan, and specifically, basically a jealousy on Bruce Allen's part that McLuhan was getting a lot of love from the players, and and you know even more so from the fans as as the guy who was you know turning things around. And look, we're winning games. Um, we're we're a legitimate non joke clown circus car of a franchise now. Um, right. And and you know we, we there's no absolutely no question at all. For me and, and anybody else that we 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 attributed that um, much more to the you know to the new guy with the record um, than we did to Bruce Allen and it, it sounds like he really couldn't deal with that um, and I, th- I think that was a huge part sadly of of what happened. All right, and now what's <laughs> sorry to put this depressing question to you, but what's your biggest fear now? A that Bruce Allen is in charge and you just don't trust any of his decision-making skills as far as like running this draft, any draft or signing anybody or doing anything or uh, that the way that McLuhan has been handled, uh, you know, irreparably harms the Redskins for foreseeable GM and coach hires in a way that, and and I always hate to to bring it back to my neighborhood, but that's what I know. You know, there's certain uh, ADs or school presidents who get labeled as like, you know, not good good people to deal with, and then uh, you know other coaches get scared off. Is it is it that type of which one is more damaging to the Redskins right now? Bruce Allen being in charge, or their reputation for possibly being able to bring in uh, uh, out, you know outside the family GM and coaches. 
The bigger problem is a uh, Bruce Allen sucks ass in almost <laughs> every way as a as a um, as a as a GM and a leader of a football team. He's good at a bunch of stuff that frankly I don't care about at all, like campaigning for a new stadium. Um, right. He's good at you know schmoozing big wigs and and all this political crap that has very little to do with fielding a winning team. Um, and he's good at basically being Dan Snyder's close buddy uh and and uh you know sycophant and i'm gonna um, say go go there go say yeah. what you want yeah, yeah that, i mean that's my feeling um you know i i think can will the redskins be able to replace him yeah i mean people are going to want jobs as a gm but i mean it is extremely clear that if and when you come and and take this job to be the next gm you know in air quotes gm of the redskins that you're you are limited and you're dealing with a couple of enormous egos um, that are going to handcuff you. Um, so I, I don't. I, I certainly think that you know excellent candidates are probably going to be scared away and 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 shy away. There was. Did you see the thing about Mayock? It came out that Mike Mayock might be on the Redskins wish list for the next GM. Oh, so God. and, th- and that, that sort of happened around the time when I was predicting that they were gonna the team was gonna need to to whip out some new shiny object to distract us from the flaming disaster of the of the McLuhan uh, you know conclusion. And I might so have Mike Mayock's phone number. Call him. <laughs> yeah, do it, man. They, um, hey, hey, you get the, the Redskins job? Nah, we, we could, we could use some of that insight. Well, you know, I, I think they'll, they'll find somebody. They make, they may promote from within. They may look uh, from without. I, I don't, I don't know, but, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a little. This is. Is there a linebackers coach they could move up to GM? Maybe that's probably what will happen. You know, that that tends to be you know, lately. At least that's how they, how they operate. I, um. I, you know, I'm just, it's, it's hard to, like, it, it almost, it's, it's very depressing and, and skeptical, but, um, like, I don't know, you know, they'll pick somebody after the draft, but it's going to be hard for me to really care too much because it's just going to, the, the guy's going to ultimately be forced to act as Bruce Allen's minion or, you know, lest he be scapegoated and, and shown the door. And, and, you know, it's, it, it really, it sucks. It's, it's hard to have, you know, it's, it's, We'll talk about some other stuff that's going on, like the new guys they've signed, and the draft right. is always exciting. And there's easily stuff to distract me, uh, as as there is every year, um, yeah. from from you know all the problems <laughs> with the organization. And frankly, that's yeah. the only reason I'm still here is because there is enough <laughs> to look at and be fascinated by and and try and project and yada yada. I mean, we're we're, we're spinning our, our gears here, but um. I think it's you know long term prospects. I, th- I think that this episode was an example of the fact that as long as Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen are alive and in charge and in cahoots, it's going to be extremely hard. I mean, it already was, but it is now nigh impossible for me to really trust the direction of the franchise. I mean, until until they actually do have an amazing year. I mean, a, a conference championship type season. I'm not really going to believe that the next year is going to get any better. Um, because it's this is institutional at this point. Um, it's it was it was they did him dirty. They they always do people dirty, and I, I think we're fools if we now suddenly think that it's going to change. I mean, I don't know why I don't know why we would until they absolutely prove that it has. Oh, Lamar, hail Mary, your marijuana times is hard. Pray with the hooligan, shadows all in the dark. Fellowship with demons and relatives. All right, I'm not trying to be dramatic here, but uh, oh, I am, I am. Aren't you listening to me? You, you talk in such negative terms, and you almost talked me out of. You almost answered this question when you talked about there being other things to distract you, and when there come game times, you know games are impossible to not watch. You just can't not watch games. Yeah. But uh, are you getting to a level? Uh, you know, is this episode on top of you know many other you know reasons you would pile up to complain about? You know, Snyder as the world knows it, and, and then more closely as Redskins know it, Bruce Allen as well. Uh, like, it, it, would it? At what point does it begin to actually diminish your fanship or fanhood or whatever the word I'm supposed to use there is? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, great question, very fair question. In in the immediate wake of McLuhan's firing, this that question is the only thing that Redskins fans were talking about on the radio and on Twitter. And you know, but like because, fans are full of crap a lot of times. Yeah, like yeah. But but we've we've been through a lot, and I will tell you. I mean, I'll just I'll, I'll just give you the short of it. I mean, this is. 
<laughs> we've been saying rock bottom for many years, but like <laughs> this is rock bottom like I've never seen for sure. Wow. I mean, they're, they're a lot, a lot of long time, decades long, generations long season ticket holders finally checked out. Give it up um, tickets, you know, it, it got, it, it, I mean, it, it got really ugly because, you know, for, like I said, the trust issues. I mean, it, it, this was personal. This really, the team sort of made it personal with fans. And, um, I think, you know, how for so? me... Hold on, elaborate on that. How How is the McLuhan well, personal Well, thing? because... I'm not, I'm not disputing. I'm just right, to... right, you know, no. I, I, I think it was personal because Scott McLuhan was... Um, he was a lifeline. And, gotcha. and, and like, you know, for him, not not just to be gone, but to have been trashed, um, yeah. you know, it's a real F you, you know, to the fans. Uh, and, and they, I, I don't think... It's not... This is very different from the Cleveland Browns just sucking year after year. This was just kind of despicable, you know, it, right, at now, least on the surface. So does it feel like, uh, and, and again, I'm, I feel like I'm being overly dramatic. Is it almost like a North Korea type situation? Or like, <laughs> now you're you talking, have to, you, have to, you have to worry about like, it, whatever it is you're doing, whether you're a pop star, a soldier, whatever, if you get too good at it, it's like the old Paul Mooney. I just, don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't let me get too good. Don't come take me to like anything the fans like too much that isn't directly credited to, to the top. Yeah. Like even if it's good for the direction of the franchise, you run the risk of being off because it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. I mean, that, that was great. Whatever you did, you know, the, you know, for North Korea, but uh, now they're starting to like you more than me. So we got to kill you. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, sure, that it sure feels that way. I mean, I, I think that's, I, I think it's a fair thing to take away from this. I mean, I've heard from, from people from employees of the team in various facets, you know, guys that work with the media and stuff like that, um, that that there's the kind of a you know for a long time there's been a culture of fear there. Anyway, I, mean, I think the North Korea analogy may, <laughs> may be a little harsh, but I mean, like it, it's not. It's just I don't think it's a, a pleasant place really to work and to be, and that that you know that sort of works its way out through you know all the uh, the whole building and the whole team yeah. and you know, onto the field even you know that's kind of just it's it's that's part of the reason why they can't keep any sort of consistency going interesting maybe we should do a full series like a serial type podcast on it this summer um where we just get you know get your full uh venting and emotions i mean in, in answer to your question you know a lot of um I kind of alluded alluded to it on Twitter. A lot of my you know followers are new enough that they don't remember when this happened. But it was two years ago when Scott McLuhan was hired, um, and at, at which point Burgundy Blog was you know was was I was having a lot of fun with it. It was getting some good you know notoriety. Uh, I, was, I was tweeting my face off. You know I was tweeting fifty and sixty times a day, and I was really into it. I was really enjoying it, and I was so incredibly fed up at the end of Jay Gruden's first year that um, that I decided to just quit, like quit. Twitter at least, and basically just go on on hiatus and extended hiatus for however long it took. I, and I said on Twitter that I'm I'm done with Twitter uh, until they hire a real GM. And and I fully expected that it would be at least a season or longer. I mean, I was I was pretty low at that point. And then within weeks, they miraculously hired the very guy I was hoping they would hire. You know, and that's that's part of all of this. That's really what you back in. It, it's unbelievable. I mean, it, it was. It felt like a miracle. It was. It was just so glorious. And then they started. You know, they had a nice draft, and they started looking a lot better on the field. And you're like, okay, it's finally happening. And then you know, then they ax him. So, you know, where I think you know, coming long way around to the to answer your, your question about you know when does it diminish your fanhood? I mean, I'm, I'm here. I, I think for the long run. Uh, for the long haul, for better or worse. I mean, and it's mostly for worse. I often tell people I know that the Redskins have subtracted far more from my life than they've added to it. But <laughs> I, I just I think the football is a fascinating game, and I think that picking one team and following it closely is the, is the most interesting and useful way to you know be interested in the sport. Um, yeah. And I will I will root for them. I still obviously I will root incredibly hard for them starting week one, and I hope they have a great year. But um, I, I feel, you know, with each one of these situations, which with each one of these episodes, I, I feel a little bit less affection to the, the team in general. I mean, I have players that I like, and, and I, to, to, to a large extent, the players are insulated from all this crap that happens among the executives, um, right. and the owners. And so I don't think they really care that much. They're all just trying to do their job. So I'll, I'll root for them. I'll root for the coaches. Um, but you know, I, I I long ago stopped giving the Redskins any of my actual money. I mean, they don't get it really in any way, other than the fact that I watch TV. Um, right. I, I don't. It's, it's incredibly hard to really. 
I mean, they embarrass me. They, you know, when I when, when I meet people on the street and we talk about football, and I say, unfortunately, I'm a Redskins fan, and they laugh at me. It sucks. It sucks. It's it, it's really hard to feel a deep love and affection for this team because, like, I want them to win, but I don't wish any success at all, specifically for Dan Snyder or Bruce Allen. Yeah. So you know, there's this terrible conflict. Um. So I, I mean, it's not gonna it's not gonna force me away, but it, it changes my approach, and um, it's made me into a little bit more. Of of kind of a, I'm not a real analyst, but like it just it, I have more of an analytical approach to the team now, um, and, and and just more of an interest than a true uh, affection or adoration. Yeah. Um, all right. Now I'm just caught up in uh, in how uh, how much this is affecting your life, and I'm thinking, could you throw? Your I mean, passion? this has been this has been weeks. I've been dying to vent all this stuff. Hey. <laughs> Um, I mean, you, you can always do your solo bumpers. Or I'm a whatever. glass case of emotion. Um, why don't you start a grassroots campaign or organization for people to just like boy fans to just dump the team until Snyder agrees to sell? Why don't you be the moving force behind? Well, there, making- you know, these things exist and they get off the ground. And there's there was a petition recently, and That's a whopping a thousand people signed it or something. I mean, I, it's a petition. It's futile. Um, yeah, I'm just I don't believe that it could work. That's the only reason. If I thought I could have any, <laughs> if if I thought I could actually move the needle at all, I would have done it long ago. All right. Uh, Talking about Kirk Cousins and whatever the hell uh, happened with his decision and whatever the hell effect it had on whatever the hell happened with McLuhan. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I I better, like, sort of fan myself off first. (laughs) Um, Kirk Cousins was... I'm probably going to do a quick edit on this. I really should have a lot of fun with some of these rants you had. (laughs) Maybe I'll find some fun music for them or something. We'll see. (laughs) You'll find something. Kirk Cousins... Man, it's like a whole nother thing that I could go off on forever. He was uh, he got the exclusive franchise tag. He's been sort of theor- in, in that's theory. Such a, that's such an fu to get it twice in a row. Like I know it yeah. makes sense to do it this one, but it's such a dick move. Total fu, and you know they're supposedly more air quotes negotiating. You know, kind of right. like behind the scenes, and, right. and 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 Bruce Allen, like a total ass clown. Just every time he, he gets in front of a microphone, he says, we're going to get a deal. It's not that hard. That's like his go-to line about this. It's not that hard. It shouldn't be that hard, but you're not even close by any and all reports. Like their offer has not even come remotely close to something that would, you know, persuade him to sign for multiple years. Um, aside from, from Scott McLuhan supporting cousins uh, and, and, and of course Jay Gruden to the point that they could convince Dan Snyder to let him be the starting quarterback of the team. Uh, well, aside from initially drafting him, you know, Shanahan drafted in the fourth, which clearly was a vote of confidence at the time, although he was buried behind RG three for all those years. Um, and there's, there's a ton of you know baggage I'm sure from the way he was kind of dis- disrespected and overlooked for, you know, the first couple of years of RG three's career. Uh, Gruden stood up and, and McLuhan, it looks at this point, stood up and said, we think that, uh, Hey, hey Dan Snyder, uh, it's time to ditch RG three. We got to let, we got to give cousins a shot. And he, and he ran with it. So, but in, in many, many other ways that are, that are well known and obvious to Redskins fans, he's been basically, you know, um, peed on by the Redskins over the course of his career. I mean, I, I feel that he really owes them not not much at all uh, and he's he's largely self-made he benefits from having had a lot of good offensive weapons around him especially sure. last year so it's not like they gave him nothing to work with i mean he's in a good situation on the field but the way that they have you know um showed him their interest and belief in terms of you know long-term sort of trust factor has has been bad i mean they have not showed him that and they've shown him the money which is the way you communicate your you know, affection for somebody. They gave Josh Norman a huge ass contract last year uh, without hardly knowing anything about him. And right. so um, I I don't really blame, I, I like Kirk Cousins. I like him as a player. I, I like what I think I know of him as a person. Um, and then trying to be as objective as, as possible with regard to his, his stance, his, his extreme patience and the way that he's played this situation over the last couple of years. So exquisitely well, um, I'm trying to be objective about this. I don't blame him at all for trying to use every single little bit of leverage that he has in the situation and using the franchise tag, which many other players at other positions in the past have dreaded. He's used it as a, as a weapon, a bargaining weapon all along. He's, he's pocketing a ton of guaranteed cash last year. And again, this year, and then it looks like he'll probably, you know, assuming he's, he doesn't get traded and he plays, 
plays this year. He's basically going to be un- unrestricted next year. Um, I mean, they're gonna, either going to have to pay him thirty some million dollars, which they won't, or he'll be unrestricted and he'll, he'll be able to write his own ticket at the age of thirty. Uh, he's played this thing beautifully. I don't blame him for anything that he's done. I don't think he, er- he that the Redskins have earned any more loyalty or dedication from him than he's shown them. Um, and what about the the what effect did he have on the uh, the whole McLuhan thing? That's really tricky to understand. You know, when when that when the how you like me now thing went down, there was it was really hard to interpret. Does this mean that he sees McLuhan as an adversary or an ally? And it, it seemed kind of confrontational, but at the same time, I always felt like I don't think you rub your boss's head like that. If, right. You know, it, on the field in front of the fans and the TV cameras, if you actually dislike him, you know, that that kind of at the time. You know, he was, no, I agree. I'm I more thought, likely to say the cocky thing, like to my friends, that I am, like yeah. to the, actually to the person that I'm mad yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. And the word the words didn't match up. It kind of it, it kind of felt like, well, you know, I I just sort of felt like they were you, you aligned at that time. And I think the yep. stuff that's come out since then has has corroborated that. Uh, I I don't I don't think Kirk had anything to do with you know him staying or leaving. I think that that was strictly you know I think that's way way above his pay grade. Um, but uh, you know, I I don't think that McLuhan's leaving is going to help the Redskins' chances of retaining him at all. Yeah, interesting. And, uh, I, and I, I think, by the way, you know, I've been tweeting all about this. Anyone who follows me on Twitter at Burgundy Blog knows sort of what I think about this. I, I want, I, I think, the best option for them. Well, first of all, would be to jump into a time traveling spaceship and go back a year and sign him to a long term deal last year, which is what I was saying that they should do at the time. Okay, so don't anybody come at me with this hindsight bull crap. Using don't foresight. Me. Don't at me. Using foresight, I predicted that he would have the year that he would have. I think that, that he did have. I think it was very you know, I think what happened was an extremely likely outcome. They should have signed him to an affordable deal last year, but they didn't. So okay, that's that's a that's uh you know, I can't I can't make that happen. So they need to sign him now. I think he's a good enough player to lead them eventually to a Super Bowl. Um, I think that they should pony up. I think that they, you know, they sort of gambled that he wouldn't have a, a really good year, but he did. Right. And now they got to pay him and keep him. But they're showing and acting in, in, in pretty much every way we can tell publicly that they're not that they don't value him high enough to give him the money that it's going to take for him to sign a long term deal. So if they know that they're not going to sign him or that that, that, that they're not ever going to reach a number that's going to convince him, I think they should trade him now before the draft rather than let him play out one more lame duck season as starter and then walk and then and then get you, you know, net you nothing. I think that you could potentially get a, a good a good return in, in, in draft picks and maybe players if you trade him now. Again, I don't want him gone, but I will absolutely rage if they let him play this year, play out the second franchise tag, and they have some kind of mid- middling year and they miss the playoffs or they make the playoffs and lose you know one and done or maybe they even win one game but then he walks and they get nothing i will rage that is that is gross horrible mismanagement of a hot commodity of a very useful valuable asset in this league um but all signs are pointing i'm not hoping for a surprise i'm hoping they've got this under wraps i'm hoping that they that they know that they actually are going to eventually kick that number up and sign him or secondly that they are considering dealing him and hopefully getting a you know a nice high draft pick or two back for him, um, you know. But but it looks right now like they're fully content to let him play it out. I think it's a horrible move, but um, that that seems to be the the direction they're heading. Yeah, obviously uh, it'll be easier to say they're holding on to him after draft day when there could be some shuffling or whatever. Um, and I think I'm still. I mean, uh, the Forty ers were sort of the main destination talked about for him. Um and uh, you know again draft day you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, some some teams are dumb enough to give like their whole uh, their whole draft for a second round pick and waste it on a small quarterback. Um, I mean uh, uh, not a second a round pick. I mean a number two a number two pick. First meal twenty years old had a couple of babies had a couple of shooters caught a murder case fingerprints on the gun they assuming but witnesses couldn't prove it. That was back when he turned his back and they killed his cousin. He beat the case and went back to hustling. Bird shuffling. Anthony rang. 
The first in the projects with the two-tone Mustang. That 5.0 thing. They say 5-0 came. Circling parking lots and parking spots and hopping out while harassing the corner blocks. Cricket How about other things that have happened in the offseason, including free agent signings, any trades, any decisions to let people go that you agree with, disagree with, or do you just sort of uh, hate on everything because Bruce Allen is signing off on it now? No, they've done an, they've done an okay job. They've done that maybe a little bit better than okay job. I'm forced to concede. Uh, they started off uh, in a way that I, I didn't love. I think that the hugest need for them by a mile was to replenish and restock the defensive line, which sucked last year. And they lost the two best players on it, Chris Baker and and uh, signed with the with the Bucks. And then they they cut Ricky Ricky Jean Francois um, Francois. So he's a he's a Packer now. So. They had nothing, and then they had even less. And they signed a couple of guys, this guy McGee from Oakland and this guy McLean from Dallas. And they're like, I don't know. I, I To me, it felt like way too little uh, to, to be done to address a major problem area. But then they signed DJ Swearinger, the safety from most recently the Cardinals. He's a young and pretty good player. I think he might be a little overrated among the fans, but I think that was a good move. They needed some help at safety. They signed... Most recently, uh, the inside linebacker who came from uh, Buffalo last year, Zach Brown. You know him, UNC guy. UNC guy, yeah. yeah. So he's he's a pretty exciting player. He's very unusual inside linebacker. He's super fast and athletic. He's a really good coverage linebacker and sort of a chase chase you down kind of guy. Um, not necessarily a great run defender, which I do think they needed. But that was a nice move. the The biggest um, move, aside from Kirk Cousins uh, of, of the offseason, was signing Terrell Pryor. That was a great move. Love that one. He should not have been available for what they got him for. I don't really know what happened there. It's weird. Um, young guy, freak athlete. Last year was his first year as a full-time wide receiver, and he went over 1,000 yards with the Browns, who have nobody that can throw it to him. I think he, he potentially could really go off this year. Um, so I like that move. So, you know, all, all in all, in terms of the guys they've signed, um, you know, decent. Decent, a little bit better than I thought. Maybe Bruce would be able to do. Uh, I, th- I still think they're going to have big, big problems stopping the run and um, and getting consistent pressure on the quarterback unless they just have an awesome first couple of days of the draft with with you know likely high impact rookie defenders, which is still possible. But um, I, I st- still think the front seven is is going to be a big problem and, and possibly prohibitive for a, a deep playoff run. Yeah, Zach Brown's one of those dudes. I think he ran track as a linebacker. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he's uh, he's almost that modern like hybrid half safety, half linebacker, but I guess more on the linebacker side. Um, and oh, I was going to say for your defensive line, if you I mean, consider looking in to see if Ryan Delaire might be available. <laughs> what would it take? <laughs> he might be out there. Uh, now nah, that's I mean. Like the Panthers just got to deal with KK Short done. I think everybody's Man, he's so good. I'm joking. Everybody wants uh, linemen uh, and de- defensive linemen, and defensive ends are freaking commodity. The Redskins just have not have not invested high draft picks in the in the defensive line, first or second round draft picks, hardly ever for for 20 years. Um, and so this is what you get. And um, all right, uh, all right. So let's let's uh, flip that into the draft and what you're looking for. Uh, remind me where they had a pick in the first and second rounds or whatever, and what you'd like to see them do. And I know we've talked about your boy uh, Solomon from Stanford. Solomon and Thomas, I think, yeah. I think he. Uh, I think based on his performance in the bowl game, he has now gone outside of the Redskins. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's basically a very hot commodity. You were right. Yeah, you, I think you, I think you said that when I first mentioned him months ago. That uh, nah, he was like good. He was going to climb out. Like, People yeah. were like, oh, let's let's watch and see what he does in the ball game. And he completely dominated the game. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, uh, he's uh, pretty awesome. So now nah, he his timing on uh, on when to play well, I think, was good too. But uh, so yeah, give me the quick view on on what you're looking for. I'm not getting your your full mock, but uh, they can go <laughs> to your site and, and check that. Yeah. But so what, what do you want to see happen? So the Redskins have ten picks, which is nice. Their native picks are in the middle of every round, seventeenth oh, in the man, first round. Nice. They um their their extra picks are kind of late crappy picks. They have an extra fourth, sixth, and seventh, I believe. Yeah, but those are also ones you could then like try could, and trade. Yeah, yeah, you might be able to move around a second round or something. I agree, and I think they should because I don't think ten rookies, ten drafted rookies, are going to make this roster. Right. Um, so I, th- I actually think they should. This was a rare year where I where I think maybe they should consider packaging some of those and moving up. Um, you know, I tend to be a a best player available. Uh, 
with an eye towards critical needs kind of guy in terms of draft philosophy. So uh, I, I don't, you know, I think they desperately need impact defensive linemen, but uh, ha- after having looked at, you know, a, a Jillian mocks and, and what I think is going to happen, uh, we, we as fans have kind of identified that it, 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 it's looking kind of unlikely that a guy worth the 17th overall pick who plays defensive line is, is going to be on the board at number 17. I don't know. So, you know, right. people always fall. So who knows? I don't think that they should necessarily just pick the best, defensive lineman they can find there because i just i hate reaching i don't think i don't even necessarily think they should pick the best defender available although i wouldn't you know kill him for that i think they should basically pick the best player among um you know essentially anywhere <laughs> anywhere on the defense possibly a running back or possibly um i don't know how many people I agree with me about this but but, but a tight end like an oj howard kind of guy really good tight end would fit there too huh. too I saw you tweet today. You want McCaffrey? Don't lie. You can say I. It. I would be. I like McCaffrey. There's a lot you to like about McCaffrey. it. I think he would. Uh, you know, this is. You know, I kind of did a recently. I was. I did like a little poll sort of thing to to ask who people really wanted. It was very clear that Redskins fans want. Um, you know, w- within reason, guys that could potentially still be available there in the teens. They really want McCaffrey. Or this guy Hassan Reddick from Temple, who's probably an inside linebacker, but he's sort of this freak athletic uh, linebacker type. Uh, those those seem to be the two favorites. I mean, unless some stud dog like Reuben Foster drops because of a random thing like his shoulder or whatever. Um, I, I I would be I like McCaffrey. I think he would really change the face of the offense because he's not only a legit good traditional running back, but he's also a legit good traditional receiver, like slot receiver type. I mean, he you could do crazy things with formations and alignments with him. Um, I think he could potentially, you know, the idea that Redskins have a good offense and a sucky defense, so obviously sort of the natural thing is, well, you got to fix the defense. But if you can kick that offense actually up a notch and fix all the red zone problems and actually get it so this offense is scoring at the same clip that they're, that they're you know, um, gaining yards, yards. Yeah, then, yeah. then all of a sudden, you, you know, you're outscoring people. Uh, regularly, and you're you know you're doing a big favor to your tired, sucky defense by keeping him yeah. off the field. So I'm okay with McCaffrey. I might be okay with Dalvin Cook. Um, I, I would be I okay with this. Yeah, yeah. I think Cook's gonna be good. Yeah, I think he's he's electric, and he might be there. He's got some off field and fumbling problems, but um, I think a, a, an awesome tight end like a Howard or a, or a David Injoku from Miami, I'd be fine with that because. Uh, Jordan Reed is probably the Redskins' best offensive player, or at least skill player, is who I love. He's he's one concussion away from retirement. So, um, you know, I, I I would not fault them for for taking a guy who could potentially succeed him. But you know, otherwise, I hope that they come away with a really good defender. Uh, here's here's kind of um, you know, a couple guys that I that I really have my eye on. A guy that I have this strong strong gut feeling that Bruce Allen covets is J.J. Watt's brother, T.J. Watt. Uh, uh, he's out of Wisconsin. I think he, it would probably be overdrafting him a little bit to take him in the middle first, but I think they, I'm sure they consider him extremely markable, uh, marketable, and I, I do think he has a very high ceiling. So I'm watching for the Redskins to maybe pick T.J. Watt, a guy I like. Is T.J., does he have the ability? I mean, uh, he's, he's a different player. He's um He would be an outside linebacker. Right, right, but is, can he be just as schmarmy as J.J.? <laughs> I can only hope. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I hear Mark Well, That's what I hear. But anyway, right, yeah, let's go um, there is a guy out of Houston who's this uh, another sort of freak athletic type, um, kind of an edge rusher, outside linebacker, but but he can sort of do it all. His name is Tyus Bowser. Great name, too. He's he's kind of ticketed for like second or third round. I love him. If they went for him in the first, I would not hate it. I think he's really cool. Um, you know, so I think I, I, I have this feeling that uh, the most likely position that they end up with in the first round is edge rusher because they, they need and, and, they, and they really want more um, outside pass rush. Um, but no, I, I, I think they just they got to slay this draft, and I think it's going to take a lot of luck because McLuhan has left the building. But um, it's, uh, you know, for, for, for Gruden, recently extended. We didn't even talk about that. Gruden got this kind of surprise extension that most people attributed to the desperate need to shift the PR um, right. situation after, you know, in the, in the immediate wake of McLuhan getting canned. They they extended Gruden, which was kind of a surprise for a guy coming off of an 8-7-1 year. But um, I, I think, uh, you know, there's, there's some smart people in the building. I hope with a little bit of luck they can land a few impact players. And if you, especially if you can get one or two, 
impact rookie defenders. Um, and if if the new receivers are able to successfully replace Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon, they you know they they could be a legitimately con- a legitimate contender and you know make a little noise, win a playoff game or two. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what. Oh, shoot, I had something in mind to ask, and now I forgot what it was. Oh, oh two positions. Uh, I, I, I assume they won't be taking them in the first round, but uh, quarterback and wide receiver are, all, are always uh, just positions of intrigue. Right. Do you think there's any chance Redskins are looking at uh, either one of those? Great questions. I, I mean, I don't think that they would take a quarterback in the first round if they truly believe that Cousins is still going to be here at least for 2017. I think right. they totally could take one in the second or third and plan on kind of grooming him. Uh, I think it would get really awkward and toxic to have a first rounder and him and Cousins on a twenty-four million dollar franchise tag because I think if he had a couple bad games in, the, in September, everyone would be calling for the new guy, and that would sure. just be super weird. That would that would potentially just destroy the team. So yeah. um, I kind of doubt that you know if, if they did, that would it seems like it would be part of some kind of deal where he gets packaged and moved. But um, I could absolutely see them picking a guy in the second or third round because, I mean, you got to have a backup plan unless you truly love, love, love Colt McCoy or the guy they picked in the sixth round last year, Nate Sudfeld. Uh, <laughs> you know, then you might you need to have a plan. Wide receiver, uh, I kind of doubt it, but I, I wouldn't completely rule it out because some really good ones potentially could be available. Mike Williams from Clemson might be there. This yeah. super fast guy, Ross from Washington, might be there. Um and you Deshaun know, Jackson. Deshaun Jackson's gone. Right? Jackson's gone, and Gar- Garcon is gone. That was you know, we 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 barely touched on that, but that that was a yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. That was a ballsy, possibly stupid thing for them to let both go. They also, you know, they they kind of compensated for it by signing Terrell Pryor, who who I do like, but that was kind yeah, of yeah, like an yeah. accident signing. I mean, they they signed him late later into free agency, and only because the Browns kind of really wussed out on their offer to him. Uh, yeah. most people did not think he would leave Cleveland. So they got lucky with him. They really didn't have much of a plan for replacing those two guys, which is odd to me. I, uh, I would, I never, uh, you know, I always understand when someone wants to leave Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I can, yeah, I can dig the city, that too. The team, whatever. But you know, with uh, Pri- yeah. Pryor's on a one year deal. So I got no problem with them choosing a stud wide receiver again. I mean, you also, you know, they they just obviously did it last year, so I th- a ton of fans would complain. But Doxon didn't even hardly play last year. He's got this bizarre injury that we think he's over, but I mean, he might not be. So, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, obviously, they have a lot of confidence, and uh, seemingly rightfully so. In uh, uh, what's his name? Crowder. Yeah, Crowder. Duke kid. Yeah, Crowder's a stud. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he will probably have an even bigger role in the offense next year. That'll be interesting. Um, any any fun to read about rumors out there as far as things that the Redskins might do on draft day, packaging draft picks, moving up, moving crazy up to you know anything like that, or um, you know person they might have their eye on. Any crazy rumors that you're having fun wishing about? I don't have I don't have much that's much else that's. It's really good or useful, but I, I I'm personally I, I will be riveted with this first round. Not not so much because I think the Redskins are going to slay it. I mean I have my doubts with Bruce Allen at the helm, but I think it's a fascinating first round this year because there's like Miles Garrett and then there's like a couple dozen guys who could be number two and all the way down. I mean like nobody there's there's like it looks like there's a lot of talent in this draft, but nobody really knows where anybody's going. Um, and and so I think there's probably going to be some wacky trades. I think there's going to be some guys picked in the first round that are like a complete shock to the scout, you know, draft the Twitter scouting community. Um, I'll be watching every pick of the first round. I'm I'm like super <laughs> I curious. I can't do it, man. Oh, I'm dying. I'm dying for it. I'm like I'm like bring it on. I mean, if I'm watching TV at that time, I'll definitely like have it on. I'll check back to the commercials, but I just I can't understand. Like well, I could just check it at nine and see like you know fifteen what fifteen picks have happened. <laughs> you can, you know, yeah. like I, yeah. that, that that as it happens drama. I always I always uh, I don't know if this happens in the NFL draft because I don't I, I end up watching the NBA draft more than the NFL one, and which is still not much in the NFL, NBA. But I love it. I don't know if this is the same case in the NFL. The NFL probably has more writers like locked up for stuff like this. But the NBA every year people throw a hissy fit. Because Adrian Wojnarowski or whatever always oh, he tips the picks. Has the picks, and I'm <laughs> always like, who like who cares? Like I still get my moment of like, oh wow, that team that team picked that guy. Wow, like I'm either surprised or mad or 
thrilled by it when I read his tweet. Right, like he right. says, I don't need it to come from the mouth of the, you know, when, I went from not knowing to knowing. Right, you know, right. That, that that made it for me. And people were like, no, man, I'm watching it on TV. I'm like, I am it's too. It's definitely like, better and more dramatic when you hear from the commissioner. I agree. I, I, I don't know, man. There was, I, there's been a, the last couple of years with the NFL draft in the first round, there's been a big, like, movement to, um, not I mean, people, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is somebody, <laughs> somebody, there's always some guy, you know, there's always one or more guys on Twitter that are not, you know, they're basically like, screw it, I'm crossing the picket line. And then they all get a thousand re- re- retweets, you know, it's kind of ingenious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they've been trying, you know, the big guys have been trying not to tip, but I mean, it happens. Uh, no. All right. My last question for you. Um, the Redskins did not make the playoffs. And they're a woebegone franchise. Two other Washington franchises are in the playoffs and actually played tonight. Yeah. Do you know how they how they did? For I, I, I checked before um, before we hopped on, and with only a couple minutes left, the Wiz were up like seven or eight. The Wiz did win, and then um, the Caps were up five three at one point. I'm pretty sure they won too, but yeah. they're only tied now two two, and obviously right. they, they won't win the whole thing because they don't do that. But all right, <laughs> what? Uh, how how far would they have to go before you would start watching games of those teams? Oh, I won't. It's like the finals, if the, if the Capitals are in the Stanley Cup Finals, I got I got you, one sport in me, man. Really, Stanley Cup Game Seven? You're not watching well, Game I, Seven? I, there is zero chance that I would ever watch one minute of a hockey game. Wow. I know, I mean I'm sure that's very offensive to do too. I know I know no, you're I know you're in your canes. No, I would no, no. um I I do like postseason baseball. If the Nats you know if, if the Nats started making some some good noise in the playoffs, I would probably get a little bit interested. It's a little bit different. I would see. I would probably be. I'm into the Panthers because they're Carolina's team, and I'm big into football, and I'm big into Hornets because basketball is my sport. I would probably not be nearly into the canes. If they were not in Raleigh, in the city where right. I live, right. and, like if they were in Charlotte, I, it would be. A, I respect like, that. I respect it'd be that. the team I pulled for, but like that—that's the difference I think between living in the city and not. Um, so we 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 that should be another off-season discussion about you know is it okay to be a Redskins only fan? Which I think it is, <laughs> but I, I still give you a hard time. I hope for it's it, okay. So. That's all. I mean, I, yeah, ho- but, I, yeah, but still, hockey is completely lost game, on Wizards me. Wizards in Game Seven of the NBA Finals. Versus the Warriors, and you're not watching that. Uh, I, oh, Game Seven of the Finals, I'm probably watching no matter who's you know no matter who's playing. But right, I'm not I'm not extra into it because are, it's game, it's Wall game and Beal. Finals and the Wizards are playing the Warriors. No, I'm not watching Game One of any NBA Finals. Game, wow. <laughs> I'm I'm reading mock drafts. <laughs> that is, you know, I mean, and and. There's a lot of fans with you. Um, I just uh, I'm reading it, next year's mock draft. What draws you in? Yeah. Um, cool. All right. This is a long one, but uh, but we had a lot to catch up on. It so was good. Love, too long. Love. Too long. But I'm glad glad we did it. Hopefully the uh, the fans will enjoy it, and uh, and hopefully it's been somewhat therapeutic for you. Uh, definitely. Yeah. I I got a lot off my chest. I feel a lot better. All right. Good. Excellent. Um, for Brent. As it says on an off-season edition of the Burgundy Blogcast, we'll probably check back in after the draft and have some analysis of what happened and whatever has happened with the Redskins at that point. Um, all right. For Brent and the Burgundy Blogcast, I'm Hayes for Channel 8. We out. <laughs> So I was taking a walk the other day.